What's up, guys? This is David Hammond, a podcasting professional so far. He is a very close descendant of Elliot Hulse. He's learned a lot about Elliot Hulse's practices, and he is now doing his own thing with self-developed. He's interested in masculinity, building the physique, keeping yourself grounded and mindful, and of course, above all else, he is grinding. So this is David Hammond, and you're going to learn so much from this guy. He is a master at monk mode. So you're going to hear all from this guy. Yeah, let's do it. How you guys doing? All right, let's begin. All right, so David, you've been a huge proponent of basically going monk mode these days and finding your masculinity and taking things into your own hands. What are some things some of my followers as well as your followers can really do on a day-to-day -day basis to maximize their potential for long-term growth over the course of 5, 10, even 15 years down the road and starting that like today? How could they do that? Yeah, as far as like monk mode, what are some what are some tips I can give on that or what exactly do you mean? Sure. So basically, how can you structure your life in a way that will give you the yield you the best results that at least work for you and work for your clients? What are some things you could do every single day that can keep you on the grind, keep you focused on your mission and help you find your purpose? And then obviously by doing that, you'll increase your your vibration, your energy. And along with that, maybe even your physique. Sure. Yeah, man. So I would actually say the answer to that is monk mode. So monk mode, guys, in a nutshell, I'll definitely be speaking more about this in 2023, is a temporary leave from the external world. For the sake of this video, we're going to call it the matrix. Now, what does this mean, guys? This is anything, right? Matrix, matriarchal, mother, mama, anything that pulls you away from your masculinity, which is father, pattern, patriarchy. Do you understand? Now, again, these, these words are very loaded in today's society. When you hear that, oh, talk. Toxic masculinity, that must be something wrong. That's all part of a plot, which we'll speak of later. But even think of the movie The Matrix, right? What does Neo do? He takes the red pill to escape the what? The woman in the red dress, right? They say the steak tastes real good in the real world. So what is this? This is all symbolism for it. For the matrix it's an illusion guys and i'm not saying steak is not real or you know women are bad not at all guys but if it is temporarily pulling you out from the truth from what is really at hand then i believe that is wrong you cannot do that so monk mode like i said is you voluntarily taking that red pill or unplugging yourself from that matrix to atone with father to understand this is what morpheus is morpheus is synonymous with god with truth with patriarchy with this is the way pattern do you understand blueprint so to answer your question, if all men want to enhance their lives in 2023 moving forward, take the real red pill, not this degenerate YouTube red pill where these guys complain about women and tell you how to pick up and get a bigger rotation and spin plates. That's all beta. That is deeper into the matrix. Ironically, like it's so funny. We'll speak about this later, but it's like these guys are red pill, yet they tell you to chase the woman in the red dress. Isn't that so funny? <laughs> but when I say this, people get mad at me. This is the real red pill. Do you understand? So take that and through that, all answers will be revealed to you by improving your fitness, your spiritual health, your mentality, everything. And from that, you'll be set, dude. So that's my quick answer in a nutshell. <laughs> nice. So essentially what you're saying is not pursuing things that are hedonistic in nature, things that are short-term gratification oriented. So- for me, I would say something like starting your day with a really good meal. So instead of eating a ton of carbohydrates in the morning, you'd maybe start with steak and eggs. That's just something to start with. And then going through, maybe avoid social media for a little bit. Don't go and scroll on countless hours on social media. Don't follow these Instagram models. Don't even watch yeah. them. Don't If you see something that's somewhat like provocative, or somewhat promiscuous on your newsfeed, unfollow it immediately. It's going to take you off your path. And this is something that David is very passionate about. And he has dialed in to essentially his mission. And he's not going to let anything get in the way of it, including, you know, women and females. Now they will come to him because once you put out that energy that you're not interested, guess what happens? It's, 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 they're just going to start coming to him. You're not looking for a mate. You're not looking for anything right now. You're looking to grow and 
and grow yourself, grow your brand, grow everything, grow awareness of your mission and helping other men out. So essentially for the men look for the men out there who are looking for women, hmm, women in their lives who can kind of like compliment them, help them. I'm sorry. Compliment them. Yeah. Compliment them and kind of validate them. What, what are, what are they really doing to themselves? And in looking for an external kind of validation factor, what, how can they kind of like avoid doing that? And what's really like that root issue there? Yeah, sure. So I'm a little confused with the question, but it's, it's more like, so say it again, kind of summarize that a little bit better. <laughs> Got a little confused. Yeah, sure. So essentially when a, a male around our age is yeah. constantly looking for meat, constantly yep. looking for a girl, constantly looking for short-term gratification, specifically from that external validation factor. Mm -hmm. What are some things that starts with that? What's, what is that root problem and how can you fix it on sure. your, on your day-to-day -day basis? Sure. Sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. So again, that kind of comes back to what monk mode is guys, you know, the reason one of my most viral TikToks, or I think the most viral TikTok, which I think is how uh, Rob before this, he said he found me was when I said, do not approach women. Right. And now this all stems back to the same thing, right? So the matrix guys when we think about this are unplugging that i would say view it like this if you guys have actually you've seen the matrix the movie right rob sure. okay so if you've actually seen the matrix neo has a bunch of things plugged into him right you're plugged into the matrix think of it like a bunch of tubes one of them is you know fake materialism one of them is women one of them is i don't know validation you have to do this i would say the biggest the biggest leech the biggest plug that you first must rip out. And by doing this, all other vices will naturally rip themselves out, being drugs, alcohol, whatever it may be, is women, right? And now I need to make this very clear. I'm not saying you have to be MGTOW. I'm not saying disregard women completely for life. There's anything wrong with them. Absolutely not. I'm not saying there's a positive or a negative, but you as the man are choosing to be plugged in, which is negative. So women, everything in life is neutral. Alcohol, coffee, weed, everything is neutral. How are you using it? I said this to Rob before, and it's not what you do, it's who you are when you do it. So the reason I say you must unplug from women temporarily, which is, I believe, taking a, a vow of celibacy for maybe six months, a year, whatever it may be, is because, to answer your question, if you do not, you will have this subconscious, effeminate, motherly, which is really what it comes down to. It's motherly attachment back to women. It's this, think of a child, right? Suckling on a, on a mom's tit. That's exactly the same energy. Every single man subconsciously is looking for a woman who emulates characteristics of his mother, right? And now this is, again, this is not necessarily a bad thing, but if this is the Northern Star or what is dictating your life, if, if a woman is becoming your God, then every Everything you do as a man will be faulty. It will be wrong. It will come from a weak sentiment. So that is why, to answer your question, they're looking for that validation. They're looking for that, that nurturing, suckling quality because they really haven't ripped themselves out of the womb yet, which just further uh, reiterates plugged into the matrix. It's the same thing in the womb. Like if you think of Neo, just to finish it here, when he was literally plugged into the matrix, when he got unplugged, he was in a womb. In the movie, they're like in these weird, like egg looking, suckling things all plugged in. It's the same thing. So atonement to father is taking that leech, ripping it out, atoning, being based, coming to the real world. And from that, when you have that atonement, then sure, you can take on an amazing woman. Think of like Trinity to Neo, right? The woman in, in the movie to Neo. Neo is the leader. He has that base from Morpheus, understanding where he's going. Now you're eligible to lead a woman. But if, you, if you're still plugged in in a little egg suckling little whatever you want to call that, why would you be with anybody? You're going to lead everyone. Um, just what's the word I'm looking for? You're going to lead everyone down the wrong path and you're going to lead them in further into degeneracy, into their little suckling egg and it ruins everything. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that, I love how you put that. So essentially, the way that you can kind of like snap out of that matrix the number one thing is is to start focusing on your mission, right? Focusing on your passion, focusing on what's um, what drives you, what gets you up in the morning, and and having a why to your life is massive. Because if you don't have a mission, then what are you even doing? Like, right. what are you doing here? So, figure out what you're good at, and then get better at it, mm -hmm. and see how many people you can help. And that stems. 
if you don't have that, you're, you're just going to be constantly in a loop of following the matrix, as David is saying, and going through and doing the same thing over and over, getting the same results, and you're not going to grow. And the biggest thing with growth is it's not comfortable. When you're growing, you're not happy. You're also, you're, you're kind of just grinding and you're, <laughs> yeah. you're putting yourself through a state of like suffering yep. every single day yep. and suffering, get used to it because that's how you grow. The people that you see that are, that are, you know, well off or famous or whatever people for the, for the most part, they've put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into becoming the best version of themselves. And they've done that by taking themselves out of the matrix, taking themselves out of the pleasure seeking mentality. And they put themselves into a focused state where they're dialed into their mission. They're dialed into what they want out of their life and how they want to accomplish it. And when you figure out what you want out of your life, you could then reverse engineer your habits all the way back down to literally the smallest, the smallest little example, which is diet, which is huge for me. So I'm on the carnivore diet. I've been on it for five years. Oh, wow. That's, that's awesome. And I've started adding fruit back in because this is evolutionarily consistent. I don't know if you're a fan of um, Carnivore MD or Sean Baker or any of these other carnivores, um, but essentially the, the the vegetables and the grains and all this stuff, they're, they're kind of taking away from the, the fact of cholesterol. The more cholesterol that we consume, the more we could actually add to our own testosterone levels. Cholesterol is a building block hormone for all other hormones. It is a master hormone. So if you don't have high cholesterol numbers, mm -hmm. then you're not going to be able to produce progesterone, testosterone, estrogen. Men need some estrogen mm -hmm. and men need a decent amount of testosterone. And the men with the lowest testosterone are actually the most irritable. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have you heard of that uh david uh, absolutely yeah I, I heard from like a study like the higher testosterone what is it it, it uh it's not aggression that it, it produces what is it like i think jordan peterson Grounded. talked about that something along of like it's dom it may, or maybe it's not dominance it's it's like feeling of just satisfaction you know whether you want to call that yeah just being based as a man if you have high test absolutely like i don't yeah you become less irritable that makes complete sense things just don't phase you as much you feel more centered you know, so hundred percent. I can't remember who I heard that from, but yeah, absolutely it makes sense. That's why guys get on TRT, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, I've I've had I actually have a couple of friends who they've gotten out of breakups or they've gotten out of a relationship, and they've decided to go on TRT or something or just just grind in the gym. Mm -hmm. And this isn't grinding in the gym just to like for ego. This is grinding for their their own sense of like masculinity and feeling of wellness and well-being they come out a whole different person mm -hmm. and they almost feel like superhuman mm -hmm. because they're able to literally let things roll off their shoulders they don't care mm -hmm. they're interested in one thing only which is just self-improvement mm -hmm. and nothing else seems to phase them they don't get mad when people cut them off in in traffic true, true. they don't care when someone dislikes them or when someone doesn't look at them or whatever they're not phased by anything because they they have higher testosterone levels evolutionarily if you had high test levels you didn't care what the betas were doing you didn't care what the women were doing mm -hmm. everyone would flock to you and you wouldn't have to alter your your route alter that's interesting you're doing yeah that's interesting yeah, let's speak, speak a little bit more on that because I think there's a big misconception with, you know, the alpha, the high test guy always being like the loudest and the most irritable and and super aggressive and changing. And I've noticed in my life, you know, it actually could not be farther from the truth. Like when I went to Florida with my uh, my my videographer and my guy who I was staying with, I was quiet the whole time and it wasn't in in, in fear or anything, but it almost felt like. Nothing really needed an answer unless it was time to go. It was time to eject, get on the podcast, do interviews. I was kind of just like, uh, I was kind of just kicking back, like, "Hey, I'm, I'm here for the ride." Not everything needs a reaction, you know. And I, I, know, I noticed that too. I kind of let them do the bantering. We're like, just kind of, this is not a knock on them. I, I mean, I told them, but maybe little childish things, or someone cuts us off, or there's a new Yeezy thing. Like it was always a reaction. I was just kind of just, I was just chilling, like looking at the clouds, <laughs> where I'm going. <laughs> and and I heard that from a guy too. I don't know what his name was, but let's speak a little bit about that. I'm, I'm sure you're big on. I haven't studied what uh exactly what you do but you're talking about evolution evolutionary psychology and things like that let's speak of the so-called alpha because i heard from a podcast 
I don't know how true this is, but the alpha supposedly is generally speaking the most laid back. He's usually the quietest. He's more kind of thought provoking. And I wanted your take on that opposed to guys who are more always loud, almost like this, like small dog syndrome. Maybe the correlation you found. Is there one? Yes. No. What do you think? That's yeah. So that's a, an amazing question. So yeah, the higher your test levels are to an extent, you're pretty much more grounded and you're less phased by everything. So the alpha doesn't have to go and prove himself. He, he knows he's the alpha. He doesn't have to change anything. And women know he's the alpha because he looks it and he acts the part. So, you know, there's other, there's other coaches out there too, that study game, you know, like talking to women as well, like understanding how to speak to women, how to get them more attracted. It's all about perceived value. And this is going to date back evolutionarily to actual perceived value. So instead of game teaching you to fake it till you make it mm -hmm. evolutionarily perceived value is just not being reactive to the betas, not being reactive to, to the younger ones that, that try to like mess with you and, and, you know, get you all emotional and stuff that the, the alpha does not react. And when another sub alpha tries to take you know to take the throne essentially there's going to be a fight so the one with seemingly again back to evolution the one with the biggest muscles is probably going to be the one with the highest test levels that's why we're attracted to bigger traps bigger shoulders um glutes also you know these these muscle groups are very high in androgens mm -hmm. or androgen receptor density so the bigger these muscles are they kind of signal Interesting to the, to the others that you know you don't mess with this person unless you're clearly ready to take them on. So it's super essential to get your test levels as high as you possibly can mm -hmm. naturally, mm -hmm. unless you're looking to compete. Then that's totally up to you. That right, is right. your decision to make. But testosterone is not going to make you irritable. It's not mm -hmm. going to make you go crazy. It's not. There's no roid rage associated mm -hmm. with getting your own test levels as high as you can. Mm -hmm. The thing that causes roid rage is trenbolone and i've seen people on trenbolone cut pe like fly, like go off the road to right. get around somebody that's where the roid rage comes from stay away from trend the guys that are doing it they're they don't know what they're doing okay these are these are these are the elite people who want the highest amount of muscle gain mm -hmm. in the shortest amount of time and they're willing to do anything and they're willing to sacrifice anything to get it interesting I see a lot of guys nowadays hopping on trend thinking that it's like, oh, everyone's doing it. Like you get good results. Yeah, you're gonna look like a freak, but guess what? Mm -hmm. Your your balls are gonna shrink to nothing. Okay. Your your libido is gonna go tremendously down. Your estrogen levels are gonna be fucked. Mm -hmm. Your estrogen levels are gonna go way below what they're supposed to be at because mm -hmm. trend is so anabolic and it's so powerful. It's designed for horses. Wow. Um it's not it's not really designed for humans, but humans will take it you know, at, in a greedy pursuit of getting right. as big as possible. Interesting. It's, it destroys the brain. It's one of the only steroids that actually destroys the brain. So that, that drug specifically is where the roid rage comes from that. And maybe halo, if you're starting to get into, you know, looking into these compounds, halo testing is another roid rage compound, but again, testosterone itself is absolutely essential the higher your test levels are, the less perturbed you will be with your everyday situations, with relationships. You won't be as aggressive. You won't be as, there's just too many benefits. So focus on getting your testosterone levels as high as possible naturally. And that, that's great, man. Not, not to cut you off. Let's, um, if you want, let's kind of delve into that a little bit. Like what are some ways that men can, uh, increase these test levels naturally? Cause again, I, I don't recommend drugs. Um, you know, I've been natural my whole life. I don't plan on taking drugs, maybe TRT when I'm like 40 or something like that. But um, yeah, speak of some ways, man, in your experience that men can improve this test naturally, unless you're going to already say that and I cut you off my bad. <laughs> no, absolutely. So yeah, uh, back to the carnivore diet. See that the more cholesterol that you can get into your diet, the more your body has to actually convert into testosterone. So that's number one, getting in a high amount of animal fat. And this is from grass fed cows. This is um, ruminant animals that you want to focus on. So bison, uh, cows, lamb, things that are poor stomach animals, they, they create much more nutrition inside mm -hmm. of them, uh, inside of their bodies rather than like a chicken, right? Smaller animals. So 
getting red meat, red meat precisely. Yeah. yeah. The, the red meat is going to upregulate your androgen receptor density. So fancy, that is fancy concept for making yourself more sensitive to testosterone itself. Hmm. So number one, you're getting more cholesterol in your system to increase the amount of testosterone you can make naturally. And then two, um, I think carnitine in the red meat, there's other compounds too, but carnitine specifically, I think upregulates androgen receptor density. I need to check on that, but I'm almost sure. positive that's what it is. It also increases brain function mm -hmm. and it does a lot of other things. So that's just diet, number one. Mm -hmm. Carnivore diet, you can throw in some fruit, throw in a little bit of white rice, and there you have a vertical diet. Well, yeah, let's, what, is, what is that? Because, dude, my diet, funny enough, is as I get older, I pay more attention to it. It's, um, <laughs> it's like steak, uh, beef chicken i i understand red meat is is definitely more nutritional so let's say steak beef chicken around those lines for protein i'll have a bit of like white rice some beans and then um and that's basically it bro that's like my meat potatoes and then for like protein on top as a dessert i'll have like some trail mix and a couple scoops of protein powder and i mean that's basically it bro like everything else has been cut out any kind of like sugars or little like processed things it's really just i guess the most processed thing would be the protein shake but for the most part, it's chicken and rice, steak and rice. I have a little bit of hot sauce that's on that. And then a protein shake with trail mix for fats. And I have that like twice a day. <laughs> I don't know if that's, you know, the most physiologically based, but it makes me feel good, dude. And uh, as I get older, I just, I stick to more of the basics, you know? So, so what, what are kind of your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's, that's an excellent starting point. I didn't mention, I didn't, I didn't hear you mention eggs yet. But eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Egg. Def, definitely yeah. men in the morning, something like that. Steak and eggs. Yeah, pretty yeah. based, high fat diet, high protein, moderate to low carb, nothing too crazy. But, right. Uh, so essentially you want to match your carbohydrates with your energy consumption. So if you're not moving that much that day, you shouldn't be eating that many carbs. Um, I'm sure everybody's heard of Liver King. So he's not just he's not necessarily a fraud. He's just he lied about his steroid usage, but everything that he's said for the most part is pretty true, besides for what his PED usage. So the reason I brought him up is because he says yeah, you have to earn your carbs, which is mm -hmm. absolutely true. You see, the more carbohydrates you consume, the more you're going to get your insulin levels up. Mm -hmm. And if you are if you don't have anywhere for that glucose to go, then you're going to start, start storing it in fat. Mm -hmm. Now, fat cells, they create estrogen, and they're mm -hmm. very estrogenic in nature. So the bigger your fat cells are, the more estrogen you're going to produce. So mm -hmm. that is going to take you away from your mission. And- eating more of an animal-based diet is going to take you more towards your mission. Mm -hmm. So steak, eggs, avocado, you know, that's a fruit. Yeah. So yeah. focus on your fruits, raw honey. You could add that in there. There's okay. some probiotics in there. There's some copper in honey and raw milk. If you can get it, it's amazing for you. Um, there's some probiotics in there, actually trillions of probiotics that are actually naturally found in raw milk. The difference between, and actually Elliot Holtz just talked on this a little bit. I don't know if you've seen his video on raw milk, but essentially raw milk is milk that hasn't been boiled yet or pasteurized. When you pasteurize it, you destroy most of the nutrients in it and you destroy the bacteria, the beneficial bacteria that make up your microbiome. Now your microbiome are the, the bacteria in your gut that basically not only give you your personality, they also cause you to have cravings okay. and they cause um, other pop other problems like how susceptible you are to disease hmm. so maximizing the way that your microbiome is will dictate your long-term progress so if someone is yo-yo dieting back and forth and only focusing on calories in calories out i love this they're not going to change their microbiome so they're it's going to stay the same they're going to have the same cravings they're going to have the same uh, gene expression because those bacteria in your gut, they're actually regulating your gene expression. They're going to tell your body what to do. And they're also going to release serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine, all these neurotransmitters up the vagus nerve into your brain. And they're going to make you feel a certain way. So it is absolutely essential to focus on your microbiome or the beneficial probiotics that are in your diet. And a lot of people take probiotic capsules, but 99% of these don't even make it through the stomach acid because it's such an acidic environment. It'll just kill off everything. Now with the raw milk, for some reason, the bacteria are actually able to get through 
the stomach acid into the small intestine, sorry, into well, through the small intestine into the large intestine. Mm -hmm. And there it will create a nice environment that can actually protect you from disease. Very interesting. I, yeah, I don't know where to get raw milk. I've heard a lot of stuff from like Carnivore Aurelius. I'm sure you follow him. Sure. Yeah. He, he speaks a lot about that raw milk. I don't think I've ever had that before. Where do you, where do you guys normally get that? You have to go to like, I don't want to say hippie grocery stores, but like special grocery stores. Cause here, I don't think I've ever seen that personally. Yeah. So I live in New Jersey, so I have to go over the border to get to, to PA uh, Pennsylvania to get raw milk. It's illegal in most states. You can get in California as well. Really? It's illegal. So that's why. Why is it, yeah. why is it illegal? Does it, it's too uh, based. <laughs> it's it's too good for you. Um, so the <laughs> FDA basically doesn't like anything that is potentially hazardous to health. So it's basically back in the day, they used to have milk just kind of sitting out and it was going to get old and it was just sitting in pails and stuff and they weren't taking care of it properly. The cows weren't really being raised properly. So the environment that the milk was left in allowed for pathogens to kind of get into it and start, um, you know, messing up and spoiling the milk a little bit mm -hmm. and people were getting sick from it. Mm -hmm. But when milk is properly taken care of and it's literally coming from the udder into mm -hmm. the basin or wherever it's being stored and then into a gallon and then refrigerated, mm -hmm. 99% of the time, it is perfectly safe to drink, but the FDA doesn't want any bacteria, nothing okay. that you can kind of like buy because there's a potential health risk. Now, I have to ask you a question. Have you ever bought lettuce from the store and then seen that there's like an E. coli or salmonella outbreak? True. Yeah. So lettuce, lettuce and, and all these greens, they're grown in cow manure. and. Okay. To, to get it kind of like in concept of that, it's it's grown with a ton of bacteria. And then all we're doing is is some of us are rinsing it off and then eating it. So mm -hmm. it's actually more easy to get sick from eating greens than it is to than it is from getting it from the cow itself if you trust the farm. So there's a lot of misinformation out there regarding raw milk and how it's supposedly dangerous, mm -hmm. but it's not. It's really not that dangerous, especially if you if you trust your source and it could really help change your microbiome to get the bad bacteria out and get the good bacteria in. And you have to protect them. They will protect you if you protect them. They need somewhere to live and you need to feed them. So it's kind of like a, a mutual symbiotic relationship. OK, so you've never gotten sick drinking raw milk then? Never. As okay, a matter cool. of fact, I go one step further. So I take the raw milk. I do goat because I'm sensitive to cow. Anything from a cow. My body doesn't like the whey protein from cow. I take the raw milk and then I ferment it into kefir or kefir, however you want to pronounce it. Now, kefir is a grain. It's not a grain like that you'd pick like a plant, but it's it's a yeast that ferments lactose and it actually creates B vitamins out of that lactose and it creates lactic acid. Lactic acid bacteria are very, very, very beneficial for us. And they actually kill, kefir itself will kill foodborne illnesses like salmonella, E. coli, the other ones. It'll So if you ever get sick and you consume kefir, it'll literally kill whatever's trying to make you sick or ill. So I take it one step further and ferment it so that the raw milk is even more safe for consumption. Interesting. Okay. So we got, we got diet on check real quick. Your diet tips are more animal protein, steak, eggs, um, earn your carbs. I agree with that. I, I definitely, as I get older, I notice I'm much more sensitive to carb intake. Maybe it's just cause I'm moving less. You know, I was like, when I was a kid, I was kind of jumping all over the place. Uh, let's, let's quickly touch on, um, in 30 seconds, let's speak of what carbs you do earn opposed to let's say carbs that you should avoid and then let's speak of some other things so i'm interested as far as like maybe sleep or supplements or things like that mm. predominantly like natural things so maybe sleep or whatever to increase testosterone so yeah let's touch on carbs quick and go to that sure so the good source of carbs raw honey fruit and this is all organic stuff don't don't touch the non-organic stuff you don't want glyphosate in your diet or roundup so raw honey fruit you have white rice dextrose which is basically just sugar it's the most fast acting sugar you can get mm -hmm. the second it touches your tongue it's going to go into your bloodstream so it's very helpful then you have 
uh, coconut milk or sorry, coconut water, which I drink on end nonstop. This stuff is amazing for you. It's got magnesium in it. It's got potassium in it. It's mm -hmm. so many beneficial compounds in coconut water. So you basically want to get your carbs naturally and potatoes. I would say sweet potatoes are great. Mm -hmm. uh, again, keep it organic. And that's, that's basically it. Maybe maple syrup and all the other carbs, you know, anything with gluten in it mm -hmm. or the grains or any of that stuff, just avoid it. It's not going to help you out. Interesting. So yeah, I've, I've been kind of a big proponent on that as far as like staying away from gluten. I, uh, I just personally, well, gluten's man-made, right? You don't find bread growing in the wild. <laughs> so I kind of figured like, you know what, if it's not grown in the wild, I, I, I shouldn't do it. What do your take on like beans and legumes then stay away from that? Is that bad or? Yeah. I mean, I would never eat beans. They have really? lectins Dang. in them. So, so gluten is a lectin and mm -hmm. beans also contain other types of lectins. What lectins do is they go into your intestinal tract and they poke holes in your intestinal tract and they cause something called leaky gut. Interesting. Leaky gut allows uh, little pathogens as well as undigested food particles to get into your bloodstream. Mm -hmm. Once they get into your bloodstream, they now can wreak havoc on your immune system and they can wreak havoc on your joints. Your, your, basically your entire body is, is now at risk because things are coming out of your intestinal tract. And then step two is it goes after your blood brain barrier. And there's a book written on this. It's called Grain Brain, super old book. But basically, once it breaks through the intestinal barrier, then the lectins will start busting through the blood-brain barrier. And now you get things like dementia, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, stuff like that, that damage the brain. So it is essential to kind of avoid things with lectins in them because the lectins are going to be the, the plant's defense mechanism against us, the parasite, you know, from eating it constantly. The plant needs to survive. And it, and it only has chemical warfare. Can't run. It can't hide. So that's basically the premise behind it. Fruit, the fruit wants to be eaten. You know, the plant wants you to eat the fruit so you can pass the seeds on and plant it as needed. Interesting. So beans are a no-go then because that's only something I've been kind of introducing as of late. Okay. I, I had no clue. Like black beans, kidney beans, all of it just L. <laughs> Stay away. Three three raw, raw kidney beans can kill someone. Really? Yeah, so I've I've been avoiding beans for a long time. Not to mention, I mean, it's kind of like it goes without saying. You get farts from beans, like most people do, mm -hmm. and that's because there's so much gastric distress. There's there's an enzyme in there called called a galactosidase or something like that. Mm -hmm. I, I think that we need in order to break it down, and there, there's just so much in beans they're like little bombs that like go in, and poke holes in the intestinal tract so i i would not consume beans that's that's nuts how come how come society doesn't promote that then like why why are all these lies being hidden <laughs> i mean if you're sick where do you go when you get yeah. sick and you don't feel good doctor yeah and and which company has the most money to to run the food politics true yeah it's all it's all interconnected huh that's mm -hmm. sad Yep, they don't want us eating meat. They don't want us being healthy. They, they we want they want us to keep consuming. Yeah, let's let's um, speak about that real quick because that I had a podcast with a guy. That's a big topic. You're definitely proficient in this. Let's speak of the uh, the increase in negative propaganda. We'll say against meat. You know, pro vegan diet. Meat is bad for you. Cancer. You know, A B C D. Just eat bugs. And, and I don't know, tofu, what's your take on that? So essentially the plot nowadays, the agenda is to get the birth rate down because the people at the top think that there's too many people and they want to limit the amount of population growth. Mm -hmm. So essentially the push for veganism, the push for eating bugs, this is all a way to keep the birth rate down as low as possible. And mm -hmm. not to mention this whole attack on masculinity is also at the same agenda. Mm -hmm. So they're coming at us from every single angle, mm -hmm. whether it's nutritionally, whether it's it's mentally, whether it's spiritually, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. They're coming at us from every angle. So they don't want us to be healthy. They want us to keep consuming because at the end of the day, the consumer always has to pay the most tax, the most, whether it's, it's the physical tax or financial tax or whatever, the consumer is getting taxed the most. And we don't, they don't want the consumers to sort of stick around longer than they have to. So sure. they just want us to live long enough 
to produce money for the economy. Mm -hmm. And then once we're about 50, 60 years old, we'll probably get something like cancer, diabetes, some sort of disease. We'll pay all our money into the medical system yep. on our last living years. And then they take all of our savings because you know we needed that to survive. And then they take it and we're basically history. So this whole push, I, I, don't, I don't even need to get into the fact that veganism is literally suicide. It's going to nuke your test hormone. It's going to nuke all of your hormones because fat, animal fat, pre predominantly cholesterol spe specifically, cholesterol is the building block of all hormones. Mm. So if you eliminate cholesterol, you're going to eliminate your brain function. You're going to eliminate your, your sex drive. You're going to eliminate your drive in general in life. So it, it's not, it's not good. We got to stay more in our evolutionary roots and focus on, the diets that we've been consuming for millennia, you know, to make, to make an argument towards veganism, we have a throwing arm. We have, we walk on two feet. We have co complex communication skills and we don't have a cecum. A cecum is an organ in our intestines that basically uh, stores bacteria and that those bacteria are designed to break down cellulose. Cellulose is plant fiber. We don't have a cecum. So other carnivores don't have cecums nearly the same size as something like an herbivore mm -hmm. so our literal anatomy can dictate what we should be eating so if you just want a simple way to understand that again we have a throwing arm for throwing spears we can we have complex communication skills and language because we would strategically hunt and corner animals and mm -hmm. you know run them till exhaustion mm -hmm. so there's so many ways to kind of point towards an animal-based diet rather than a plant-based diet. Interesting, man. I uh, so what would you kind of I, I what would you say as far as the argument of like, oh, but we don't have canine teeth. You know, our teeth are kind of numb down. Therefore, we should just be eating plants and stuff. I don't know. I got I got some canines right here. <laughs> you know, these are some sharp teeth right here. I could chew meat, no problem. We have tools. We've created tools. You know, we can. We have a knife. We have forks. So. We can cut things as small as they need to be in order to get them in there. Um, our jaw muscles are are able to chew on like the tendons and, and the tendinous parts of the meat and stuff. We don't necessarily have canines to bite with our mouth because that's not what we do. We, we have not evolved that way. But if you go and look on like Discovery Channel and see this video of chimpanzees even hunting other monkeys mm -hmm. and killing them and eating them, oh, they're wow. carnivorous too. Even chimpanzees are closest relative and they're back hundreds of thousands of years in evolution. So if they're eating meat, <laughs> then what are we supposed to eat? You know? So we're, we're predominantly, we should be eating all of our calories from meat pretty much. And then mm. some carbohydrates, sprinkle it in there. If you're trying to gain weight, mm -hmm. then sprinkle some carbohydrates in there. Or if you're trying to stimulate a little bit of your metabolism every so often, you can carb cycle. But yeah, there's... There's no reason to to sort of go back to to eating the way that the other monkeys were eating long, long, long time ago. Meat is very good for the brain and we need the fat. The brain is made of fat. So mm -hmm. if you don't have fat in your diet, you're you're gonna have a ton of brain fog and you're also not gonna achieve what you want out of life because you're you're gonna be constantly dragging your feet, constantly looking for a high or a way to feel better. Right. In reality, it starts with the diet. Very interesting, man. That's cool. Wow. I, I'm very interested in diet. Clearly, you've been studying this for a long time. So that's awesome, dude. That's 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 very. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about this forever. That, that's really cool, man. I'll definitely hit you up on IG with some questions. You'll be like my uh, my go to guy <laughs> when it comes to food. There's not too many guys who are knowledgeable on food, which is kind of sad to say nowadays. So it's definitely you've opened my eyes to realize the uh, the importance of it. I always knew how important it was. But like talking to someone who's proficient in it, you're like, wow. It really is important. It's kind of like we have different like Avengers, you know, spiritual, nutrition, fitness, this, this, and they all complement each other to become a based man. So that's cool. Very cool. You all, you need all of it in order to get your your most dominant, you know, form, your highest version of yourself. All of it comes in as, you know, a perfect puzzle. Amazing, man. Okay, dude. So what did you want to chat about now? What are you thinking? Um. So you're asking more about like supplements and other stuff. Yeah, let's um, let, well, let's let's touch on sleep real quick and then let's go back to let's say masculinity questions or whatever else you have in the list. We'll kind of just conjoin them all together. Yeah, sure. So 
supplements wise, you want to maximize your mitochondrial function. So what are your mitochondria? I'm sure everybody remembers from high school biology or or middle school, whatever. Mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cell. So essentially anything that repairs or heals your mitochondria is good. Anything that damages mitochondria is bad. So when we're looking at supplements, we want supplements that could boost our mitochondrial function. So that would be creatine. Creatine mm -hmm. HCL is what I take because I don't want the bloating under the skin. Um, mono, creatine monohydrate causes some some water retention under the skin, makes you mm -hmm. look blurred. Mm -hmm. It's not a very aesthetic looking um, supplement. Creatine HCL actually goes inside of the muscle and it helps to pump up the muscle from the inside. So it gives you a much better look. Creatine also stimulates the brain. And actually, I've heard it actually makes you a little bit smarter. Hmm. So it helps you in the gym. It's an essential nutrient and it's found in red meat. Go figure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Creatine, number one, excellent for you. It doesn't hurt your kidneys. And just consume a decent amount of water every day, about 64 ounces, but keep your water healthy. You know, make sure it's reverse osmosis water or coconut water. It's got to be clean water, no tap water. Mm -hmm. So that's creatine. Number two is acetyl L-carnitine. And this is a, a powerful antioxidant for your brain. And it helps shuttle fatty acids from your brain and allows you to, to burn them as a source of energy and fuel. And if you're running off of fats more so than carbohydrates, not only are you going to be having better brain function, but you're also going to be able to burn more fat and get the estrogen more so out of your system. And you're going to have more testosterone left over. And we already touched on the testosterone topic before. Mm -hmm. So acetylcarnitine, creatine. And the other thing I would love to touch on is methylene blue. Now, this is a new nootropic that's been uh, um, circulating the internet recently, but it actually is very old. It's It's been used for decades. So methylene blue is a electron transport donor. And what it does is it brings oxygen into the cells. And also scavenges antioxidants or it scavenges uh, free radicals and oxidants out of the body and it pulls them out. So methylene blue cleans out the brain. It protects you from oxidative damage. It also improves mitochondrial function. So if you're sick, if you're battling a disease or an illness, if you take methylene blue, it'll clean out your system like no other supplement. It is like your magic bullet. It can help with so many different things as well as anxiety, depression, um, memory formation. It's the list is endless. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty much good for everything besides a pre-workout because it limits your nitrous oxide production, which is another topic, but basically it limits your vasodilation. So those are my three favorite compounds. I have a whole list of supplements. We don't have enough time to go over them, mm -hmm. but if if someone wants to really like maximize their usage of supplements those three are my first you know the first frontiers on the list and then the maximized test tungkat ali is a chinese medicine medicinal herb that you can use so it frees up testosterone from sex hormone binding globulin s sex hormone shbg um, and basically that is your free test to bound up test and if it's bound up your body doesn't basically sense it as anything and no, nor will you so mm -hmm. if you can free that up then essentially you will have that feeling of testosterone you'll you'll feel it so it frees up tests and also boosts your test by boosting your luteinizing hormone which makes your your testicles produce more testosterone so tungkat ali very powerful uh, medicinal chinese herb cool man all right so let's, let's let's go over this in maybe like a minute or two sleep Rapid fire sleep, hours, hours of sleep, when, et cetera, et cetera. That's something I'll be honest, I kind of struggle with. Yeah. So sleep is absolutely essential. We need it because we release the most growth hormone when we're sleeping. Growth hormone is related to anti-aging and also helps us recover way faster. Also, when we're sleeping, we are slowing down our, our biological clock and we're storing memories and we're reconsolidating memories into our mind. So we're able to kind of use our brain better the next day. We need about eight hours of sleep or seven and a half hours. Our brain sleeps in 90 minute cycles. So if you have to, if you know you have to get up at a certain time, count back 90 minute intervals from the time you have to get up to the time you're going to bed. And if it's kind of like in the middle, just cut yourself short a little bit on time because that's going to allow you to get up with more energy rather than being awoken 
while you're still in like a REM cycle. Mm -hmm. So seven and a half hours next behind that is six hours. Next behind that is four and a half hours. So you kind of get the idea. So 90 minute cycles all the way up to nine, anything past nine, too much sleep. Interesting. Okay. So, so after nine too much, um, what about when like circadian rhythm? How important does does that matter? Absolutely. So our brain essentially knows when the sun's up and we know that because of the blue light that enters our eyes. So mm-hmm. most screens also have blue light. Mm-hmm. So if we are scrolling or going through the TV at night mm-hmm. or anything with, with artificial blue light at night, we're going to prevent our brains from making melatonin. Mm-hmm. And melatonin is our obviously our primary hormone that helps us fall asleep. Melatonin and serotonin are very similar. Uh, serotonin gets converted into melatonin. So when we get adequate sun exposure during the day, mm-hmm. we make more more serotonin. And then when the sun goes down, our brains can make more melatonin. Interesting. That's very so, cool. Yeah, it's super essential to keep the lights dim when the sun's down. Mm-hmm. And when you know you need to go to sleep, you need to get away from the light at least, I would say, an hour to two hours away from all, all sources of blue light. So I use only red lights at night. Interesting. What about your, what's your take on blue light blocking glasses or like nighttime on your phone and stuff? Yeah. Always set your phone to like a night shift and blue light blocking glasses are absolutely essential. If you're going to be working on the computer late at night, I Mm -hmm. I think if you're if you're just blasting your eyes at night, you're, you're not going to get good sleep because your melatonin is going to be so blunted. So they actually work. Dope. Okay. So what time do you personally go to bed and wake up? Like you thinking 10 o'clock PM, you thinking 8 PM, 12, p- 12 AM. So I like to go to bed around 1130. Um, sometimes it's midnight and then I basically wake up at seven, seven thirty in the morning, but it takes you about 15 minutes to fall asleep. Now my, my nighttime ritual is meditation before sleep because you want to get yourself into a sense of deep relaxation mm-hmm. before you go to sleep. Um, you do this because the second most people's head hits the pillow, all mm-hmm. these thoughts start popping up. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I got to do this. I got to do that. These, this problem happened. I have to deal with this. Oh, this person broke up with me. What are they doing? So it is essential to get yourself in a state of theta, which is a, a, a brainwave state before you get into delta, which is deep sleep. So you do this by taking deep breaths late at night, maybe 10 minutes, and listening to really soothing meditation music, whatever you like, and breathing into your belly, right? No no chest breathing. Mm-hmm. This doesn't do anything. Breathe into your belly. Your, bre- your, your belly should expand. And when you do that, it'll everything will change. You're, you will actually be able to sleep way better. Interesting. Okay. So you go to bed a little later than I thought. I I thought maybe it was like 10 or something. I try to go to bed. I'll be honest, like one. I, I mean, if I can go to bed at 12, that's great. But like realistically, it's about one. And then I'm waking up at like 10 to sometimes 11. T- today, I, bro, I'll be honest. The past few days, I uh, I slept a lot, dude. It's been, it's been a little rough internally. But uh, okay, cool, man. So that that's a ton of value. We got sleep, we got nutrition, we got supplements. Awesome, man. I'm stoked on that. Did you want to speak of other topics? What are you thinking? We'll uh, you know, we'll keep this podcast going maybe another 20 minutes or so. And uh, yeah. yeah, you take it away. So I think a big one for a lot of people is is the no fap thing. So I I personally doesn't exist in my world. Okay. I stopped doing that when I was like out of high school. I didn't see a need for it anymore. And you're you're losing so many nutrients through that process. Um I guess David, you could you could tell us a little bit more about why that's so essential and what sexual transmutation is, at least to you. Absolutely. Yeah. So as far as NoFap goes, I started practicing with it at 18. It took me three years to get it to click at 21. The reason for that is there were no NoFap YouTubers. There weren't, there wasn't like a manual or a guide you could search up on how to do that. So it's just pure trial and error. And then from 21, I'm now 25. It just stuck, right? So number one, guys, if you are feeling discouraged with NoFap, it does take time. If you think of neuroplasticity with anything, like when you formulate a habit, let's say you've been fapping for what, 10, 15 years, what makes you think in one day you're just going to break that, right? If you've been smoking for 15 years and it's very 
your brain is, hey, buddy, this is a habit we've built and it's solidified. That takes time to change that. So that took me, yeah, a couple of years to change. But once you do change it, right, you create that new neural pathway, it sticks. Like now I give the example of like, if I had the thought of fapping, it almost is equivalent to like me eating dog shit, right? Like, could you hypothetically eat dog shit? Of course you could. Could you put your hand in and fire? You could. But does your brain think of that? Absolutely not. Because it is so solidified the other way. It's almost, it's almost repulsive. Like, why would I do that? Right. So uh yeah, as far as nofap goes, you know, nofap is is definitely one of these newer topics. And again, maybe we'll get your take on this. There's not a ton of research. And I, I personally believe that's because similar to let's say the push of wokeism or veganism, I believe that nofap, I mean, nofap has been a practice that's been studied in every religion, every philosophy since the dawn of time, yet now right? Because we're so advanced, we seemingly don't have a, a bunch of research on it, even though it's been a practice that's been done for, for thousands of years. So I'll be honest, you kind of got to go off your anecdotes a little bit, you know? And what I tell men is I just want you to try it yourself for 30 days and just see how you feel, right? Similar to you eating more of, let's say, a carnivore diet. How do you feel? And um, personally, uh, the energy is through the roof. I believe I've heard that one ejaculating, right? What do they say? One ounce of semen is equivalent to around like four ounces of blood, right? So if you guys have ever given blood before, how do you feel? You feel a little kind of weak and just drowsy. It's the same thing. Like, how do you feel when you bust a nut? What's the first thought? I'm tired. I have cravings, <laughs> right? I was talking to these guys in Florida. I have cravings. I want to eat ABCD kind of junk food. I just want to sleep. And the reality is, is when you compound that, let's say, you ejaculate, you do that every day or, or a couple times a day. And that's not even to speak of how you're doing it through these artificial means, right? You combine those, you are losing so much vitality. Like at a certain point, we got to just ditch the, um, again, I, I think there's a lot of science going against it. I think that's very political, but so many guys will be like, oh, you know, prostate this, or, you know, it's actually not bad, but it's like, when I look at the men who are saying this, you guys are, you live very <laughs> effeminate lives. Like at a certain point, we just got to cut the BS and just really grab our nuts and be like, but how are you living? Most men that I look up to who are very uh, dominant, let's say, or have that high test, they don't uh, partake in those activities. So I think there's a balance of both, you know? Absolutely. And a little add on to that is that is your life force and your vitality. So when you kind of bust you're you're basically useless to the world you're completely useless evolutionarily you're useless because all your body wants to do is reproduce so once that's done it's like job complete we're done we're out of here and you just go to sleep afterwards and it takes so much energy to get it back um the last time i was with a partner it took me like i'd say four four days five days to get my create my creativity back my yep you know, my vitality back. That was four days for someone who's already on a like carnivore diet, who's already focused and everything. Right. So this is another reason that you should also go monk mode because anything that's going to take you away from, from this, like this is called sexual transmutation. Um, there's a lot of people that talk about this. Thinking grow rich has a massive chapter on this mm -hmm. and this is your creative center. So when you just release this nonstop you have literally no no use to the mm -hmm. world this mm -hmm. is you're, you're burning up all of your life force your vitality all your creativity get rid of it it's not it's not good for you as a matter of fact you're gonna get more gains in the gym your mm -hmm. test levels will go up mm -hmm. if you stop burning through all of your nutrition there are so many nutrients that come out in that i think it's mm -hmm. equivalent to like two or three steaks something like yeah, that Yeah, i've heard some stuff like that too like the uh what, what do they say? There's a, there's a ton of stuff, the amino acids and uh, what was it? Was it zinc? I believe is it, is in your yeah. semen. There's a ton yeah. of stuff that actually, yeah, it's equivalent to like blood loss, you know, a few steaks or like four eggs or something like that. And again, it's the compound of that happening over time. Whenever you want, it's almost like, you know, if you have nine hours of sleep every single day, taking off two hours of sleep, right? You, you, you know, you miss one day, whatever, not a big deal, but that compounds over time. And it's funny you say the, um, just to reiterate on this quickly, it took you around like four to five days to build up that energy in Taoist philosophy. They, they spoke of this, right? Guys like David, how often should I ejaculate? And they say, you know, just as like a starting base for men looking to get on nofap, if you're a man in your twenties, maybe you've heard of this, uh, they say, don't, uh, you should wait four days between ejaculations if you're and then it, and it doubles so if you're a man in your 30s it's eight days if you're a man in your 40s it's 16 days etc cetera, etc cetera. so that's a very interesting 
let alone like <laughs> four days I'm, I'm out, dude. I can't afford that. If I'm in a battlefield, let alone one day, right? Yeah. You got to be productive every day. You have to have your, your energy levels topped off every single day. If you want the, the life that you want to live, you know, in, in your dream philosophy, you can't be doing that. Four days off your life, that's that's almost half, that, that's like half a week. It's, you just wasted half a week of your, of your time, your energy. And then if you and do it again after the four days, that's your entire week. It becomes your entire month, your entire life. <laughs> just going backwards. It's yeah. these are these little things that you got to start cutting out and realizing they're not, they're, they're of no use to you. They're, they're just a net negative. There's not, you don't gain anything from this, by the way, there's no health benefits from, from fapping. There's zero. Um, and, and you know what, just to touch on this quick, because guys will be like, oh, but David, you know, you have to release here and there. What I say is your body will auto-regulate it. Wet dreams. You know, it happens it, all the time. Yeah, it, it's really, it's really <laughs> that simple. If you, and but that's something a lot of men forget. You know, for me, I'll have a wet dream, let's say, generally speaking, every couple weeks, every few weeks, it could be every two weeks, every three weeks, it, it depends. But I view that as like a very natural rhythmic process where like after I, I have that, I definitely feel uh you know a bit a bit more calm, a bit. You could say a little bit more more feminine, but I think it's because you've built such a level of vigor, right? When it auto-regulates, it kind of keeps you in that healthy range, right? It's like, let's say, you know, as a, as, a, as an analogy, your test is getting too high, too much, too much, and boom, you're back to that center. But then when you stay at that like healthy to high range, it's amazing opposed to constantly just tanking it, tanking it, tanking it. You're not even at that mid range yet. Like at least build to that level and let your body, right? I view it kind of like taking a shit, you know, I spoke with this on Elliot Hall's podcast, right? You don't need to worry about what your body does. Like if I had too much caffeine in the past, right? Caffeine poisoning, what will my body do? It will throw it up. Right. There's nothing yeah. I have to do. I don't have to stick my finger down my throat. I don't have to force myself to throw up. If there's something your body wants to excrete, for the most part, it's going to do it without you needing to do anything. So I find that interesting too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it happens to me like once a month, give or take, maybe, maybe once or twice. But yeah, your body knows what to do. Your body has an innate intelligence in it. You don't have to step in the way. And if your body craves something, then, you know, you got to figure out what's actually like a lustful crave and what's actually like something that's going to be useful for you, like a mm -hmm. crave, like such as like a steak versus, oh, girl with fucking, you know, huge ass at the gym. Oh, great. No, that's lust. Okay, look mm -hmm. the other way. That's going to take you off your mission, just back to the Neo and the, the woman in the red dress comment. Okay, Th these are, there's things you have to really delve into in terms of like into your psyche where there's, there's good cravings and there's bad cravings. You got to figure them out like, as soon as possible. And once you do that, the sky's the limit. You can take yourself so much further than you ever thought you could. Absolutely. So if you want, let's, um, we can touch on sexual transmutation. I know you're kind of speaking on that a little bit. Um, you know, my take on that guys, just to help you out is like I say, you know, a lot of times the guys who promote fapping haven't made it past 30 days yet. And, and I believe the biggest reason for my experience, you know, your energy is going to pervade in some sense now i kind of give the analogy of walking on ice right it, it, now i'm not an ice expert but what i know is when you walk on ice you're actually supposed to sprawl out right and that's because your your weight is dispersed opposed to walking on ice it's pinpointed in a very small radius so what will happen to the ice it will crack now when you are building up this energy the fastest and the quickest way to release it is to what is to ejaculate it now the thing is though is 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 we as men, if we learn how to sit with it and to really just sprawl that out through our body, this is what sexual transmutation is, breathing, right? Moving it around, you will disseminate it in different ways, whether that's speaking through these podcasts, better workouts in the gym. For me, it's maybe meal prepping or even cleaning, just moving around creatively, right? And the net effect at the end is, again, kind of that baseness or that calmness. I think a lot of guys, and I'll get your take on this, they feel this emotion, they feel... Number one, they don't know how to properly transmutate it, so it's it's too much, and they feel it'll never go away. But two, if 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 you learn how to breathe this throughout your entire body, which is a very real thing, and then transmutate it in that way, you feel based. It's calm. It's not this like sporadic, you know. I can't sit in my chair. Not at all. It's like we were saying at the <laughs> beginning with high test. You actually become less irritable. It's almost backwards, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 pretty amazing what you can do when you're actually like withholding 
your vitality and you could kind of almost pick up on someone's vibration, whether or not they're, they're holding on to their vitality or if they're just constantly releasing it every, every other night or every night there there's certain people that are like elite that you'll, you'll meet and be like, who the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And then there's other people that are just like, ah, like they don't know they're, they're just another NPC or another, just, they're just part of the matrix. Like they don't, they're not going to amount to much, especially with the vibration that they're producing. They're kind of just irrelevant almost like beta, like quite literally beta beta mills like they just eh, they don't matter so if you want to like matter and amount to something this is something that you can literally do today to just cut that out of your life and try it for 30 days sure. just try it and this takes a lot of willpower and discipline and this isn't to say you shouldn't have any sort of sexual interaction with women that's completely different however i will say there's other ways to go about this as well in terms of like Kundalini and other ways of not actually finishing when you're in sexual contact with her, because it's much more spiritual when you haven't finished yet. Mm -hmm. And the energy kind of can circulate through both of you at the same time. So there's this push towards, Oh, I, I'm done, finished, done. But if you've ever noticed the second you finish, it's like, okay, what are we doing here? Like we just go back to our days or back to our, back to what we were doing before there's no more creative or play or playfulness or yeah. it's all yeah. gone yeah so there's no race to finish it's it's a lot of discipline and willpower that goes into this practice but you can reach untapped potential even with a partner if you just start withholding yourself and do you, you have anything to touch on that with yeah no that's great i believe that? that's called tantric sex right where you're having sex tantric. without ejaculating yeah. yeah so you know i think the first step for men is to like the reality is, dude, is I've tried that in the past. And, and I think, you know, that I can definitely work if I get to that level, if we get to the level. But I think men first just need to take a vow of celibacy for a time of six to 12 months because you're playing with fire. And the thing is, too, is like a lot of times, not only are you playing with fire, a lot of men are not coming at it from that sentiment. They're still plugged in. They're still attached. There's that mommy effeminacy. So I think the first step is to just go celibate. Just, you know, like all they say all satan needs is a people right if you let's say you're a drug addict or you're a recovering drug addict it is very logical to avoid drugs completely not to use it but then to not inhale and like like at a certain point you guys just need to stop once you become clean from that and you're with your wife you're your future high woman then yeah absolutely i think that'll be the next step that i'll definitely get to but i'm not there yet you know i've been celibate for about a year and uh yeah i'll cross that bridge when it comes but um definitely I think the first step for men is no fap, right? And then to its monk mode, which monk mode is really just the next step of uh, of no fap. Get on that for six to twelve months, build yourself, become something of sustenance. I believe too. Uh, maybe we can we can kind of finish the podcast touching on this. Uh, God will send you your wife. You know, I know it sounds a little poetic, but I mean, even if you think of the first story of Adam and Eve, right? Again, guys, you don't have to take this literally, but I find this so interesting how this was depicted beautifully. When God created Adam first, he didn't create Eve, he created man first. He said, Adam, go tend to the garden, go do your work, build the kingdom, right? And eventually as Adam was doing this, he wasn't searching for his Eve. He wasn't out and about looking for women attraction and red pill, <laughs> none. He didn't even know that existed. Eventually God saw fit, Adam, you've done a great job. You're seeming a little lonely. I'm going to create you a helpmate. Boom. Eve was created, you know, any relationship I've ever had in my life, she was sent to me. I, I wasn't searching. I wasn't looking. I wasn't on dating apps. I was just building the kingdom, right? Building the business, the physique, and they just pop up. And I truly believe that will happen um, again. Now, I think men need to be patient, right? But David, 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 how long? You see, that's the issue. You're still plugged <laughs> in. That's the problem though. You're still plugged in. So that's what I'm trying to rip. You as a man, right? This sounds a little extreme, but I believe she will come when you're ready and have accepted the fact that you may be single for life, which is a hard pill to swallow for a lot of men, because only then are you at a true level of detachment where you're, you're, you've atoned with father, mission, God, um, and God says, ah, okay, you've tended to the garden. Boom. I do believe men should be in relationships. I'm all for it. I would love to get married in the future um, with, a, with, with a woman, right? In the Bible, it, it really promotes... You know, it's, it's, you shouldn't be alone too long as a man. It's good to have a helpmate, but it needs to be ordained correctly. So I'm not sure if that answered the question. That's kind of my, my last spiel on that. No, that's that's actually perfect. And even if, you know, you're constantly searching and stuff, you're not going to find the right mate. And you might find, you know, some of these girls that they don't they don't even know how to stay loyal these days. There's guys hitting them up nonstop. There's so many 
there's so many options for them, but there's only one of you. And mm. in order to become a superior man, you need to focus on your mission because a woman will always choose a man who wants his mission more than he wants his woman. She wants to be like your wingman to your mission. She doesn't want to be the center of your world. And that is a big pill to swallow. It's, but it, it will drive the way that you perceive the situation in a much better way. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to, to, to finish it on here, um, that is exactly what monk mode promotes guys. It is not against women. It's actually, it's indifferent. It's, it's kind of like this neutrality where the only thing I, I make a joke and I say, I'm very serious, make God make mission your girlfriend. Because that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. If men treated mission, right, their purpose, the way they treated women that don't want them, <laughs> our society would autocorrect itself. But of course, this isn't how it is because we are all plugged in. So yeah, man, I mean, we can finish it there. That was an amazing chat. You know, you, you definitely gave a lot of, lot of gems. I'll, uh, Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. If there's any last thing you want to say, Rob, to kind of finish it off on your end, I'll give my outro. You just, you let them know. Uh, yeah, guys, if you, if anyone wants to reach out just for a simple you know question or two about nutrition or about supplementation or sleep or anything else, you know, I can help you. David can help you. Don't be afraid to reach out to us. We're just looking to help other guys that are similar to us. You know, we, we had to come from a certain place to get to where we are today. So you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel here. We have lived through it. We understand it. So by all means, if you want to reach out to either of us, we are here to help you. Amazing. Yeah, guys, you heard it there. If you have any nutrition question, hit up Rob. I'm definitely going to be hitting him up. He's uh, very proficient in these ideas. So that is it, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed. Uh, this will be on the podcast. Maybe, who knows, guys, I'll go a little bit further into podcasting and have more guests like Rob who are very proficient in these endeavors uh, to just become better men, right? Spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally. You got to hit it from every angle. And it's very cool to find different warriors in their fields targeting more or less the same issue, but in its myriad of forms. So, all right, guys, that is all for today. Thank you so much for watching. If you want to follow David, he's uh, I. What, what's your IG handle? I'm David ha uh, Hammond. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It'll be it'll be below. I'm David Hammond. Cool. Yeah. So if you again, you want some structure in your life, uh, you want to follow your masculinity. If you want someone who really truly understands where to take your life after you've realized that there's something greater that you want to accomplish, David's your guy. Follow him. Check him out. He's honestly one of the smartest guys that I've met so far. Dope, guys. That's it. I'll do you right. Links will be below. We'll see you guys then. Peace.